Welcome everyone to L2R2 PlayStation Podcast. I'm joined by my UK bruv from Nothing Mum, indie game dev, Callum Monroe. Callum, how are you doing? Yeah, good. A few stories here. Um, one of them is about The Last of Us. So we got some some good news, I guess, about The Last of Us recently. This is from Kotaku. Hackers are likely responsible for The Last of Us Part 2 leak and also some more info about Last of Us 2. Uh, the details of the apparent hack were first shared on Twitter last Saturday night by a person going by the name Pixelbutts who later elaborated over direct message about how the exploit was discovered. Pixelbot explains further, back in January 2020, a hacker group discovered a method for accessing the Amazon servers for Naughty Dog games using what was essentially password information, including the code for Studios games, including 2011's Uncharted 3 and 2013's The Last of Us. By March, uh, the group grabbed at least one terabyte of data from part of the server associated, associated with The Last of Us. A recent The Last of Us 2 story leak included developer code that identified the footage as being from an April 1st build of the game, Pixelbutt's claims to have notified Naughty Dog of the security flaw in February and also says that he neither participated in the hack nor has obtained any of the materials that leaked. Uh, let's see. And that was uh, kind of to confirm because but the rumors last week, uh, they were pretty substantial, but everyone seemed to have almost confirmed like this, this was a disgruntled Naughty Dog employee, but really it was just hackers that found their way in and leaked all this stuff. Um, but also on Monday, Neil Druckmann uh, updated everyone saying that The Last of Us has gone gold. They're actually printing discs and getting stuff ready. You can pre-order it now. So it's a huge, a huge deal. We're finally going to get this game. Um, there's also a story trailer that came out Wednesday. I haven't watched it. I don't know if it's really necessary to put out another trailer. But uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on another on a new story trailer? Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I mean, just quickly going back to the, the rumors yeah. um, about the disc. I think it's such a shame that those rumors did come out because it sort of just stoked the fire about the whole narrative that um, Naughty Dog mistreat their employees. And, it, you know, the, the the idea that it was a disgruntled employee made so many people, uh, well, I'd suppose it's probably a vocal minority, but a lot of people um, saying like, oh, this is what they, they deserve, you know, right. all this. But when actually it wasn't even that, it was a hacker who, who did it. Right. Um, and also you... I, since it went gold and all that news has come out, you I've seen so like just an outpour of supportive tweets from employees of Naughty Dog. You know, some that are ranging from having like sixty followers to like thousands, um, all sorts saying so so proud of everyone who's worked so hard. And there just seems to be when you look at it from a Naughty Dog perspective, there seems to be just like a complete outpouring of love from that team with each other and support. So I just don't know whether this is just a huge mill of rumors and and you know a few disgruntled sources that came out um which i think were actually from subcontractors um or, or sort of external um workers um so yeah i think it's just such a shame that this game's been mired in such controversy because it's uh you know it, the people have worked so hard on it and it looks just incredible but um but yeah the, the story trailer i agree i i before it came out, I was like, I didn't think I needed to see anything else. I did watch it, uh, and it's awesome. It's a really amazing trailer. Um, it's it's really sort of like, you know, because there's just been all this controversy for so long. Even though I haven't really, I haven't, um, you know, taken, you know, been drawn into it, but it's still definitely like jades you against sort of the, the topic it's on. Yeah. So this just really kind of wiped that clean and just reminded me, you know, what we're, what we're, 
uh, in store for and it, it's a really really great trailer that's really um, where showing off a new trailer can shine because yeah you're right it's it's so much controversy so if you can kind of bring people out of that whether it's the leaks or the ties to like the crunch stuff that may or may not be as like serious it's like getting people back to what this the whole reason why we care about the last of us is because of the story because of the gameplay um yeah i haven't watched it yet but uh, is there anything you know like uh that's too spoilery that reveals too much so what's your take on that no that there's 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 nothing in there that spoils anything i don't think um it's just more um giving you an idea of you know the the kind of direction the story's going in um it has a little bit of um it starts with some like cutscenes that are actually from when ellie's young so like last of us one time period um and it sort of like goes up as she grows up so a lot of it seems to be like um just some sort of like backstory to what's happening what's going to be happening in the second one i'm still not entirely sure what it's even about so i think they've done a good job of you know, having these new characters, not really explain who they are, yeah. just having them there to, to you know, show you, show off what the game looks like. But um, it definitely shows some tension between Ellie and Joel, especially even, even when it looks like it's from literally just after the first game. So when Ellie's still, you know, young oh. um, and it shows a little bit of tension around there. So it's just, yeah, it's just making making everyone excited, I suppose. But it's a really great trailer. It's not very long um like you said it doesn't show uh much to do with the story it just shows these sort of certain scenes that just make it look really interesting gotcha now, that sounds really cool i mean really as soon as last was the original ended you know we were left with it's such a complete package but we were left with questions and that's why they leave it like ambiguous at the end where it's how does their connection uh, go forward joel just murdered all those people all those scientists you know like and had he lied to her lied to ellie Dude, does he reveal the truth eventually? Does she always, you know, have mistrust for him right then? How does their future go on? Do the Fireflies ever try to find them again? It's like, there's all these questions. So it is actually great to to come back to that and answer those questions. Like, I know there was fears, even I had, it's like, why would you dabble back into The Last of Us and kind of possibly mess that original one up by, like, exploring yeah. it again? Yeah, well, I, d- I, don't think, I don't think Naughty Dog wanted to make another, another Last of Us. I think they wanted to just end it, you know, that really abrupt ending to just let people imagine because i think that's always such a powerful thing to do with such a beloved thing is to just show some restraint and be like you know we're not going to tell you what happens that's for you guys to you know think about and dwell on um but obviously with something that big it's difficult not to make a sequel and so many people want it um so yeah but it looks it looks awesome um it is by far just from the trailers the best looking game i've seen um the like facial animations it's just literally just like movie like um it just looks incredible and i mean i think that's a lot of where the big crunch talk has come from is from like the animators and the mm. the like 3d artists and you can really see how much time and effort and talent has gone into um into the 3d art and the animations it just looks just like unmatched it really does look incredible. Yeah, I agree. With, at least with the last one, yeah, it's it's really like nuts to see how they're able to push the tech, push the engine, and yeah, with the animations, with the world they're building, it's just like super detailed. Uh, it's pretty insane. So yeah, man, I can't wait. Cannot wait. Alrighty, Callum. So yeah, we had, it's gone gold. We're getting closer to it. We'll see what happens. Now we have some uh, rumor news with the PS5. We got the PS5's instant demos could pave the way for a better PS Now. This is uh, from Tech Raider Henry St. Ledger has the details. 
One of the latest rumors surrounding the console PS5 concerns demos available for PS5 games, with one source claiming that every PS5 game will come with a free demo as standard. The rumor comes from Twitter account at Console Time, which claims that a new PS Store interface will allow players to, quote, try every game instantly within seconds, rather than having to download demos or even the full game to try out titles before deciding whether or not to buy. We, while we recommend taking any substantiated claims with a massive pinch of salt or a cup of salt, the rumor touches on two aspects of the PS5 that are sure, sure to become very important to next-gen console gamers. So the first being compartmentalized downloads where players can uh, choose multiplayer or campaign to download, for instance. The second being PS Now, where as yet unsure exactly how the service might differ on the next-gen console, but we do know it's coming to PS5. Um, so this is a rumor, but um, I've been hearing this a lot this whole week about the possibility of having some kind of like jump in, try demo, and jump out within that PlayStation Marketplace. Uh, how do you feel about mm -hmm. that potential idea? Yeah, I think it's cool. I think um, you'd have to imagine it's to do with uh, the streaming, again, streaming a demo or something. Um, and I think this could all be down to, like we were saying, these machines will have like exponentially better Wi-Fi capabilities than the PlayStation 4. True. Um, so as that and, and again, I know that a lot of people's Wi-Fi's probably won't take advantage of that, but at least it's there for when, well, for when internet inevitably gets stronger across the board. Um, so yeah, you'd imagine that it'll probably, where it says it gives you a choice to do it, it'll probably be that you can either try this game instantly now by streaming it, or you can download it. Same way PlayStation Now gives you the option to download a PlayStation 4 game or stream it uh, instantly. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think that um, is a tried and tested uh, sort of interface which they've already got PlayStation now and it works well so there's no reason why they couldn't do that on the PlayStation store as well um, and then that I suppose goes into how they're going to be focused on PlayStation now more um, again they're probably going to be they've been, well we know they've been working on their streaming technology with Microsoft um, so yeah I'm really excited as you know I've been using PlayStation now for you know a few weeks now and really enjoying it and uh I'm excited to see how it goes into PlayStation 5 as well. Yeah, no, you touched on all the right bullet points. I mean, I think they're going to really focus and try and integrate more with PS Now uh, and make sure that it's like a, whether it's a service that they bundle already or something that to make you want to, you know, actually purchase that, that next tier. But yeah, to have it fully integrated where you can just try stuff in and out, that becomes possible with having faster internet or just even having a faster Wi-Fi card or yeah, letting you download stuff instantly. Um, yeah, no, it's pretty dope. And at least having that like a full marketplace with little windows, you can jump in, try a game, jump out. That's a cool like futuristic tech thing to just show, hey, this is next gen if they implement that. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's so hard now on the current PlayStation Store, which I mean, everyone knows runs awfully Yeah. Um, to even just look at screenshots or a trailer. And then when, but if you even if you do get a trailer playing on the store, it's normally in like two forty p quality. Yep. And it's just uh, yeah. So I think it's good to hear because that would mean they're really, you know, diving into the store and giving it some much needed updated functionality. Which and and I think that is such a it's even a console seller for for most probably is that as long as that if that store is easy to navigate and easy to find what you want, um, then I think that will help people decide over the two consoles because uh, i don't know if you've noticed if you're looking for a game on the store as well um like bits of dlc will show up before the actual game does um oh. and it's just so broken like yeah. just everything about everything about that store is just horrendous um so it's good to hear that they're uh, sort of diving deeper into its functionality 
Yeah, the from PS3 to PS4, PS4 was such a huge, as far as marketplace goes, that was a huge improvement. It loaded faster. It was better organized. Mm-hmm. But you're right, it, has, it still has issues. And so to see like yeah. us still like upgrading, hopefully one day we get like a, just a, a flawless, you know, running marketplace. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, yeah. I know um, when I was playing through Resident Evil 4 originally, I had it on my PS3. So I booted that up and yeah. then I'd, I kind of, you know, snuck around the marketplace to see like what's even available to download. There's not much. But man, it took a mm-hmm. super long time to load. Uh, it was just like just very old, archaic, you know, software yeah. marketplace. So it's just kind of weird to see where it started. And, and well, I think that, and, and that's a good. It's a good thing you brought up Resident Evil Four because you um, you played it on PlayStation Now, didn't you? Eventually, I but switched you, yeah, to PlayStation Now. Yeah, but you can um, buy it on PlayStation Four. Um, but it's probably just so difficult to. It probably showed you the PlayStation Now one right. only or first. Yes, because you can. Because you, I've got it on PS4, and you can buy it. You can buy it on PS4 separate from PS now with a separate PS4 trophy list and everything, uh, and it and it even looks better. It's got like an increased frame rate and everything on. See, PS4. they didn't let me do that. I know when yeah, I originally exactly. tried to buy it, it just it was like yeah. when you'd go, it'd only say PS now, and now they are separate. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. the hell happened or when they decided yeah. to. It was yeah. always there. And it's and just that, like they hidden pro- it. Yeah, and that's probably what it is. It's just that it just has such a bad interface that. It's just so difficult to understand what's going on, um, and and yeah, I I always find it so, especially if you're looking for DLC. There's times where I've been looking for like DLC. I think it was Borderlands Three. Mm. I was trying to find the season pass for Borderlands Three so I could get all the DLC, and I literally couldn't find it anywhere. I could only find the separate DLC, so I ended up having to buy them separately um, because I was like, oh, maybe there there isn't a season pass anymore. Right. And then literally the next day, the season pass was on sale. And it was there, and I was like, "This is—it's just horrendous." And um, I know that it's there's a lot of people who um, make games for PS4. You know, smaller developers who worry about the the store because it can be so hard to find what you're looking for. Because even if you type in exactly what it is into the search menu, who knows what's actually going to come up when you when you type it in? So, right. um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. You came up, uh, you said about Resident Evil Four because I remember you saying that. Um, you can only find the PlayStation Now version, um, which just which just goes to show that the the the, uh, the PlayStation Four version of it was so well hidden right. that you can that you couldn't find it, and it's just it's just not acceptable in this day and age to have a store that is that uh, poor and that bad to use. No, no, it's it really isn't. So yeah, I'm hoping it shouldn't take like a whole next generation to upgrade this, but hopefully with PS Five. No. Hopefully it's just yeah. like hardware limitations or like network limitations, and then with mm. this next gen stuff, it's it's working more efficiently. But we'll we'll see yeah. about that. I mean, you'd hope that they they've just got so many new. It might get to the point where you know if they are trying to put these instant demo things in, there might just be so much more functionality that they plan on adding to the store that there's no point in them working on a you know a lesser updated version. So they might as well just wait for the PS5 to bring out this all singing all dancing sure. uh, new store. So. But yeah, hopefully that that is like the top the top thing that I hope is improved on the PS5 because it's uh it's just not good enough at all. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I bought I bought Resident Evil Four eight different times now, and I'm just trying to, <laughs> trying to play. <laughs> Alrighty, so we got some uh, news, more uh, announcements for the summer. This is a uh, Jeff Keighley, our old buddy, came back here. He's uh he's unveiling a four month all digital summer game fest starting in May. This is from your gamer Matt Wells has the details. Uh, Jeff Kelly has unveiled the Summer Game Fest, a four-month-long 
all-digital summer or consumer celebration of video games featuring breaking news, in-game events, free playable content from the likes of CD Projekt Red, uh, Sony, Microsoft, Riot Games, Digital Extremes, and Valve. The digital event is scheduled to run from May through August this year. And then just more iteration on who's on board. Yeah, we have uh, Bungie, uh, EA, Warner Bros. Um, yeah, so it's a huge uh, smorgasbord of of announcements tied to this summer game uh, fest and it's really drawn out so like i know uh, it was in the news a couple of months ago he was leaving uh his collaborations with e3 and it seems like this is what he's he's now switched to to, to doing yeah um, how do you feel about this yeah it's really cool I, I i really like jeff Keighley. i think he does such a good job at the game awards uh, every year um and yeah this this sounds cool um there could be some cool you know, I, 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 I like um, that seasonal events and going, again, back to Borderlands 3, I know that they, it was around the time it came out, which I think is why I don't normally partake in, in them, but um, I remember there's like a Halloween thing for Borderlands 3 where they had like Halloween themed oh, weapons sure. and quests and um, all for free. And yeah, I, I love things like that. There's just something about getting like, um, uh, you know, uh, event specific cosmetics or weapons or, or in, in games like Borderlands that I think is is just really fun and cool and um, yeah and hopefully by when when does it start? So it starts, starts in May, month. yeah, yeah. So hopefully by the time this starts, I will have finished Persona Five. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting to see. So he left, you know, working with E three, and they of course had to cancel and whatnot. But I know he mentioned that he had frustrations with the model they were building, the route they were going. It seems like mm -hmm. he really wanted to focus on, and I guess with this summer event, like stretching out the announcements. How do you feel about not mm -hmm. just like pushing everything to those three hardcore days, basically, of like E3 announcements to more of a summer, like slow trickle of info? Mm. Yeah, I think as long as it's still, you know, interesting between the announcements, as long as there's still things to be interested in and, and to keep people excited, then yeah, that, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good fun. It'll be, and there's a lot of studios or, or developers, um, you know, taking part. So there's obviously a good idea somewhere there. Yeah, yeah, no, um, that's what I, I, I love about you know the original E3 model where it's like you're getting all this stuff in three days, but it's you can uh, kind of lose sight of announcements because everything's crammed in there and it might get like you know 30 seconds on a trailer on a reveal and then it's on to the next game. But with this, yeah. it seems like you can let these different games breathe whether whatever announcement it is it has more time to shine maybe like a yeah. week's worth you know of, of three or four or five days worth versus like just jammed it to somebody else's announcement on a stage mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure nice and some of the uh rumors are hopefully that we'll see uh, with warner brothers they're working on um this like untitled batman game it's possibly like a reboot of that franchise um so uh, from rocksteady i want to say so hopefully we'll see that next batman game because they've teased it for yeah, a while with the weird symbols yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, I've only ever played Arkham Asylum, um, and I, I really liked it. And it's a game I've actually been thinking about playing that on PlayStation Now. Oh yeah. Because um, they're all on there, and so it'd be a good good time to go through them. Because um, yeah, I really love Arkham Asylum. It's uh, I I actually used to really dislike it when it first came out, mm. um, and it wasn't until I played it again, maybe like a year or so ago, on my on my PC, where I really sort of enjoyed it. So. Um, yeah, it might be a game to to go to revisit, ready for whatever announcements coming. Gotcha, gotcha, nice. Well, uh, Callum, we got some info about Cyberpunk. We're going to see some stuff uh, pretty soon about it. There's also some news from the ESRB about uh, stuff uh, content-wise. So, Cyberpunk 2077 will let you customize your genitals. 
This is uh, IGN. Uh, Joe Scrabble says the details. I know you've been highly anticipating. What's the deal with genitals? Can we customize them or not? So finally, your answers are, are your questions are answered. Uh, the SRB has published its rating, ratings report for Cyberpunk 2077, which includes a new bit of information about the game's character creator. You can now customize your player creator's genitals per the report. Players can select a gender and customize their character. Customization can include depictions of breasts, buttocks, and genitalia, as well as various sizes and combinations of genitals. This would, all, this would appear to be part of CD Projekt Red's decision not to include a traditional gender option in the game, instead offering a really inclusive expanded character customization menu. Much of the report, which awards the game an M17 rating, focuses on the adult content mentioned in the previous Australian ratings report. So, quote, players can encounter events where they have the option to engage in sexual activities with other main characters and prostitutes, says the report. These brief scenes, sex scenes from a first-person perspective, depict partially nude characters moaning suggestively while moving through various motions. Some scenes contain brief depictions of thrusting motions. Other scenes depict a character's head moving towards a partner's crotch. Uh, teams will learn more during the Night City Wire event on June 11th, where they're going to show off footage and announcements. Um, yeah, if you're not already hot and heavy after hearing that uh, detailed description, <laughs> how do you feel about this? It seems, you know, it seems cool. It seems like uh, they're trying to just give people options. You know, we're not stuck to like these old like, oh, you're a dude, you're a chick. Uh, you can just really just do whatever you want. Especially in this game, it works in that lore because you can fully customize your body. You can have robot stuff. Like, why not? Yeah, I think I think I think I think it's good that. You know that it's accessible for people who like to customize their characters and who like to make their characters as close to them as possible. But I just think I just don't know whether it's necessary to be able to customize your genitalia. <laughs> and I don't even think I've it's necessary to have account. these. <laughs> I just don't even think it's necessary to have sex scenes in in the games either. Just because it's, I just don't think it brings anything to to the tape. I just I don't think it adds anything to the game. I think that time would be better off spent somewhere else personally, but um, each to their own, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, but I mean, that's what CD Projekt Red do, isn't it? They did the same with The Witcher. But yeah. It just seems like they're really like honing in on it. And I don't know whether it's just a way to try and be like really out there and, and, and garner some, some attention in that way. But I'm all for yeah. the extra customization in terms of, you know, like, um, having um not like not in traditional gender options i think that's cool um and and it's good to be inclusive but yeah i just think the customization of like your genitalia and various sizes and combinations of genitals is just it's just a step too far because it's like you, you unless that's going to really like influence the game i just don't really see the point in it because um, <laughs> because uh, like your your character's gender and their looks definitely influence the game because um, you know, cutscenes. You get to see them. Sure. Um, you, your your gender obviously may influence your voice. Uh, it may also just again be cutscene related, just just so you can look like you and represent uh, what you wanted to represent. But um, yeah, I just don't. I don't think sex scenes in games, even in films or TV, really are necessary uh, anyway. So to to spend this much time uh, on that part of it, I just don't. I just don't see the point in it, but I know some people might uh, enjoy that side of it. I see what you mean with the sex scenes because you can never make it cool. It's always going to be weird and janky and awkward. It's these, you know, puppets basically doing this. It's never like done where in a way where I'm like, oh God, it's just more like awkward and silly. So you're right with it's like, okay, it's there, but it never like, I don't know, serves a purpose unless with this, you know, with their tech, with their engine, they can make it. Uh, hot and steamy i don't know it just seems like it's always something that's just thrown in there for yeah. almost like shock value because yeah. they're showing it 
But um, you're right. I don't know if it's necessary, but I'm not like from this like censorship mentality. It's just like never done well unless they can do this cool yeah. like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't have any problem with it with it being in there or or anything. I just for me personally, I, I'm not. You know that when I when I think of cyberpunk, I don't think about. Um, Oh, can I have sex with other characters? Can I customize my genitals? Um, you know, I, I want to. I, but but then some people that might be a really important part of the game sure. to them. And um, but yeah, it's. I suppose it's cool that they're 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 offering it. And but yeah, I just I just don't know. I just don't think um, you know the amount of work that's probably had to go into these scenes and 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 go into the you know the the ability to choose all these different combinations. I just don't. I just feel like that could they could have uh spent that time doing something else um, especially with all this talk of crunch and things it's like can you imagine being That's the person true. crunching on <laughs> being able to choose the size of your your, your balls or something right you, we talk about <laughs> contractors it's like oh you got a you just yeah. got a job sweet what do i get to do okay well you're gonna yeah. work on these uh, genital animations for the next uh, two years good luck <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah i mean yeah it's just it's a bit of a weird one i am um, yeah I, I just don't think that it, it's necessary um and uh, yeah, it might just, it might be slightly immersion breaking for some people as well. I think the reality will be like, you'll, I don't know if you'll be able to see it like flat out. It might yeah. be like you're wearing some kind of like future undies and you just see the imprint yeah. of whatever that might end up. Yeah, being I, was like what it is. I was wondering that. I wasn't sure if, if uh, this was sort of like a, you know, it's one of those, I'll believe it when I see it kind of things. I'm not sure that it's going to we'll be quite it. as explicit as it sounds, but, um, but yeah, we will, we will definitely see. <laughs> we will see everything it sounds like <laughs> now do you think it'll be weird to post the def like the 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 route you decide to take with the genital you know customization well I, what if i'm mm. proud of what i've created can i share this on twitter is that a weird step to take, like <laughs> yeah. ps now to share yeah. stuff you know yeah i don't know it's uh yeah yeah is it gonna is there gonna be some sort of like restrictions on that or something it might like, be like when you're on when you're on ps4 and it says share play is disabled right. or whatever but <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of um, customizing characters anyway. I always prefer to have a set, uh, like, written character for a game, especially a game that's going to be a story-heavy cyberpunk. I always find that being able to customize your character just takes away from, from a story a little bit. Because um, it's like The Witcher, I'm sure, probably wouldn't have been as, um, you know, immersive if you get to create your own Witcher, if it wasn't Geralt of Rivia, like his own character with his own backstory and everything. Um, so that's what, so I'm, I'm never like a huge um, fan of, I'm, I never spend very much time in character creation and as it is. Um, so I suppose that that's also a, a, a way of me not being too keen on being able to customize my ball bag as well <laughs> well calm you're just a stick in the mud man i can't have my you're not customizing characters no genital customization I mean, <laughs> and stuff. let us have some fun over here right <laughs> all right Cal. well we got a a cool announcement this was a couple days ago part of the whole like uh uh, May the 4th, you know, Star Wars news that came out. We got Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series coming to PSVR this summer. This is uh, IGN. Wesley LeBlanc has the details. Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series, is coming to PSVR this summer as one complete package. Previously exclusive to Oculus devices like the Quest and Rift, Vader Immortal is a VR series set in the Star Wars galaxy that sees you descend into Darth Vader's fortress with the key to galaxy salvation or destruction. Announced as part of the May 4th celebrations, the PlayStation blog detailing this announcement says the game is coming this summer, but an exact date was not revealed. Um, yeah, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I've uh, played Vader Immortal. It's, it's really good. Ooh, um, nice. 
it came it was it like comes uh, bundled for free on the oculus quest um and i've played it on my my brother's quest and yeah it's really it's it's good fun it's um there was a lot of like really jarring moments where like you're climbing a ladder and it, it feels so strange to like reach up and pull and then you watch like the screen go up with your pull yeah um so there's a lot of like it, it's really it's really well done it's really cool being able to have like a lightsaber and and everything um i never finished it but um yeah it's good fun so that'll be a cool little addition for psvr users um but i'd rather see a psvr 2 um announced first before getting excited because i just especially now after using the quest i could just never think of using that huge thing with wires everywhere sure. and, and everything um but no it's, it's a really cool game um you know star wars for me is is good because of uh, you know, it's visual storytelling. It's very iconic. The sound, everything. Um, so it's perfect for VR. Um, and yeah, it's it's good fun. Nice. Yeah, this is a pretty good get for uh, PSVR. Still no mention of um, Iron Man VR, which is like their next big tentpole release. It still uh, is, you know, in in mystery as they had to push it further. So um, uh, it's strange. But it, I guess this is the next like big release for PSVR then this because uh, it's at least well, like well known title that people are going to see and go, oh, OK, this might sell PSVR seeing this on the shelf. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think it will definitely help, especially just because of Star Wars as an IP is just so big. Yep. Um, and the fact that it's like it's like coming to PlayStation VR after being on other things, it sort of it, it, I suppose it generates a pull in that way as well. Yeah, there was a, I didn't pull it up, but there was a, um, another, not rumor, but um, a patent with uh, new PSVR controllers and the patents come in all the time, whether they use it or not, but it's another like sort of um, index based, valve index based one where it's like a handle and by lifting your fingers off the handle, it actually registers where your fingers are. So it's like tracking fingers. Um, so, I mean, it just gives me more hope that we're getting closer to like a PSVR two. You have to imagine they're gonna reiterate and do something. I don't know when they announce that. If it's, I feel like it's yeah, not gonna be tied yeah. to the PS five event. It's gonna be like maybe a year from now, two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm not sure when, but it has to. I mean, I'm sure they it, it's coming. And yeah, like you said, I mean, the, the Quest already supports like no controllers, right. so you can just have your hands in it. Somehow knows where your hands are, knows what your fingers are doing. Um, I suppose it probably just has like cameras on it and just somehow translates that their like positions um and i think uh vader immortal is one of the games that supports that as well so you can play that without any controllers which is quite oh, cool nice. um but yeah it, it, i think every innovative bit of tech that comes to these you know bigger and better quality um vr devices is just exciting from a playstation vr perspective because it could easily be bundled in with a second one so yeah um so yeah you know what? Um, that reminds me of this week. I've been watching footage of Half-Life Alex. Mm. So I've been watching gameplay yeah. like walkthrough. And man, I got to play that fucking game. I watched the first yeah, maybe two hours and like nothing spoilery, super spoilery happened. Uh, but yeah. like the, the character animations are just on another level. I can even tell mm. just watching like a 2D version of it, just how crazy it is. And yeah. how you can you can rifle through everything. You can search through all this stuff and just how real the world feels like i gotta play this game in vr and so i'm trying to yeah. figure out what i can sell to, to fucking play <laughs> get a like actual yeah. rig to play this yeah well i've been uh i've been saying to my brother i might i might have to buy him the uh 80 pound like or 80 dollar like usb cable that connects your quest to your, to your computer uh because then that allows you to like 
basically use it as an Oculus uh, Rift. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I'm, that that'd be a pretty good investment to get just so that I can borrow it from him and plug it into my computer and play it. How much is that it does cable? look incredible. Uh, 80, 80 pounds, so probably about $100. Why? It's just like a USB-C um, cable, right? Yeah, USB-C, but I think it's like it's meant to be like ultra like fast because it's because it's basically like going to be transmitting so much data. Sure. I think it's. But I mean, you can buy cheaper ones, and um, my sister, my sister's husband uh, has got a Quest, and he bought like a a fifteen pounds one or something, and he says it works fine. But it's just one of those things. Like if there's ever for me, especially if I bought like a cheap cable. And there was ever any technical hiccups, I'd be like, "Oh, it must be the cable. Oh, yeah. It must be the cable." So it like it play on my mind all the time. So, um, and it's like it's like one of the, like the gold plated like um, okay cables. It better be like a garden hose size. Like I wanted something yeah. that shows like this is worth you yeah know, that money too. And I think and I think because the Rift you can play it in like four K, and I think you need um, specific cables to have four K anyway. Gotcha. Um, so it's probably to help support that. But to be fair, my PC. Um, is fine for anything like max settings as long as it's 1080p. So, gotcha. Um, I'd probably be alright with a with a, a knockoff cable anyway. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, we didn't talk about what you've been playing. Let's end uh, on what you've been playing this week. Yeah, sure. Um, just Persona, more Persona Five Royal. Um, nice. I've been playing it sort of every day, doing about maybe four or five hours a day, sort of throughout the day, like a couple of hours here or there. Um, and yeah, man, I, I, I just the longer I spend with it, the more I love it. It's is really, really a, a very special game. It's uh, it's just, I mean, I really just don't have a bad thing to say about it. I don't think I've ever played a game that is so so in depth and just has so so much to it. I mean, every sync because I, I don't know if you know how it plays, but um, you're basically it's similar in this respect to the other Persona games. But you basically play as like a high school student. Um, who uh, in this game who um, has this like app on his phone which like basically transports him into this other world called the metaverse hmm. um, which and what that turns out to be is uh, basically you can go into people's like cognition so like their like their cognitive uh, desires and things like that um, so it's basically you like get people to sort of join your little team who are at your school or whatever um so you've you've got like two two sides of the game you've got the side where you go to school you try and improve yourself so like you can um spend time with certain people who like level up certain things um you can go to like burger joints and take on burger challenges to like improve your guts you can like help clean up um this cafe get like a part-time job so you've got this like real like um life management sim side of the game um, but then when, but then what will happen is you'll meet a character in the story who's like a really evil, corrupt person. And then you'll then go into their heart's desires to basically steal something of theirs that, um, will make, give them a change of heart and make them a better person. It's like, I'm like probably butchering, I'm butchering it completely, but that's the sort of gist of it. Um, so you're, so you've got the, and then that side of things is the more like dungeon crawling, jrpg turn-based combat thing so basically two games um and each uh sort of character that you're the corrupt character that you're trying to uh to steal their heart they have these things called palaces which are like these huge um dungeons and they're all completely unique to the character so for the for the first guy is like a big castle um the second one uh is a bank um and they just all have these like unique gameplay things unique ways of 
exploring and that there's just honestly like i i've barely like touched the surface with what what's in the game there's just so much to it the story is amazing um it's just yeah it's it's, it's literally like i don't know if you've seen like death note or any of these like yeah i have seen really death smart note. yeah like really clever um anime series and it, it reminds me of that a lot where it's just it's all about you know are, are you going to be found out is and there's just a lot of like smart twists and turns and it is a really really impressive game i i I just i can't believe how massive it is and and yeah i think i'm about 45 hours in uh and i'm not and that's not even halfway through the game it's (laughs) it is just absolutely huge um but yeah it's and it is easily the most stylish game i've ever seen The, the the hud is just so amazingly designed um the menus are incredible and it really does just feel like you know one of the most complete and flawlessly made games i've ever played it is just and and i had heard these kind of things before i before Royal even came out um and yeah everyone's completely right it is just a truly truly incredible game it's uh it's some it's really something else dang yeah i got a actually play this is this on did you play this on ps now as well or this is just you bought the actual title no so um because you've got persona 5 which came out like two two or three years ago Mm. maybe um and then they uh brought persona 5 royal uh a few weeks ago which is basically like a complete version of the game so they've uh so uh whatever criticisms they received they've like basically changed them so there's a couple of Mm. gameplay mechanics that they've refined and changed so that they're so that people prefer them uh, they've made some sort of touches in that respect. They've added in new characters. Um, so I was saying about these people who you can talk to and like level up your relationship with them, which gives you benefits uh, when you fight and with these things called personas, which are like uh, these monsters that you use to fight as well. Um, so they've added in more of those. Um, they've added an extra palace, um, which come, which I think comes at the end of the game. So there's, uh, I think there's three new endings or something like that. Oh. Um, so it's like, it's just like a real, um, they basically refined an already refined game and re-released it. So I, I can't really speak on the original Persona 5, but Royal is, um, yeah, it's, it's really amazing. And I, I, I definitely recommend it. It's, it's quite, uh, within like the first six hours or so, I, I wasn't too into it just because, because there is so much to it. It tries to doll out all these different features um quite slowly so so it doesn't overwhelm you Mm -hmm. um but it does it really really well but as soon as the stabilizers start to come off you're really like you really understand what the game is how you're meant to play it um and yeah i definitely recommend it it's um it is just it's just amazing it's it's really really good and it's fun and my favorite game of all time is final fantasy 9 which is another jrpg and but this is uh you know it's it's getting pretty difficult to to, to, to sort of say that this isn't far better because it is unlike anything I've, I've played in a long, long time. Um, so yeah, I, d- I definitely recommend it if, if you're thinking, if, you, if you're looking for a game to really sink some time into. Um, it's really, yeah. even though it is like 100 plus hours long, it, it, you can, it, it's, one of the, it's one of those games you can play like two hours a night, even, not even that, like gotcha. an hour or so here and there um, because it's not, you're never going to forget how to play it. You're not going to forget what you're doing. It's got like a really good uh, like text log, so you can you press like the left stick in, and it brings up all the tech, all the um, talking that's just happened. So you can reread through things. That's great. Um, it's just it is just amazing, and yeah, and if you, if you like things like Death Note, 
but you know like that sort of um dark dreary clever sort of vibe and it's still got that you know japanese quirkiness in it um where it needs to um yeah you'll you'll love this it is it's it's just i mean i, I could gush about it for, for hours but it is it's really 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 good nice yeah i keep hearing yeah, i've heard that it's a it's a great game but i just uh i guess maybe i'm, I'm not turned off but like because it's the fifth mm. one i hear like yeah. you know hundreds of hours i'm kind of like uh it seems too daunting to me but i like how you described it yeah. where you can still chip away at it it's not like you yeah. know you're spending hours if you don't want to you're kind no, of yeah, tackling uh, it how you want to and it's so relax it's quite relaxing to play especially when because you have it's, it's you've got like calendar days so you start on like the first of may for example i think i'm in like july now and then so you go uh, you go through every day, so you've got like early morning, lunchtime, after school, evening, and then it's the next day, and and so on and so forth. So you sort of have to try and figure out how you spend your time, um, and then you'll eventually in in the story you'll run into the next you know target, um, and then it will revolve around there, and then something will something to do with that target will be happening in the next twenty days. So you have twenty days to infiltrate their palace and steal their treasure. Um, so it's just it's very it's nice to play because you know you've got this calendar you always know exactly what you're doing um you've just got so much choice you know there'll be some days where like there's four different characters who you can speak to and improve your relationship and you've got to choose which one you want to talk to um it's just yeah i mean it's just a real enjoyable experience and and the fact that it is 100 hours although that is daunting and I'm still intimidated by it now, even the more I play, because I feel like I've played it for so long and I have. Um, but in a way it's quite nice because I really enjoy putting a couple of hours in the day and just lying in my bed and playing through it. It's got an amazing soundtrack. It does just remind me watching of watching a series sometimes. Uh, watching, I, I, I've only watched like two animes in my life, but it really does give me the same sort of vibe that I got when I was watching Death Note. You know, just this really twisty, really moody sort of story and and it is quite dark and although it is really stylish it's um it's got some real dark tones and it really understands itself and it really understands what it's trying to, to say and it's just it's really cool I, I definitely recommend it dang i gotta play it i gotta play it yeah you do you do <laughs> <laughs> i gotta put down city skylines and start playing this <laughs> yeah yeah all right Kyle. yeah we'll end it there where can they find you online um Bear Munro at Twitter um, is probably the best place to find me. Um, but yeah, aside from that, uh, nothing else. Gotcha. Well, you can find us uh, as well on Plastic Heart Pod on Twitter as well. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Cheers.